Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. Depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up, and we're still talking about revolution. Hello, and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa, and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. And a warning that this show content contains audio images of Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people who have died, including graphic accounts and descriptions of Aboriginal deaths in custody. This show is dedicated to the upcoming commemoration of the Mile Creek Massacre coming up in June. First up on the show, we will speak with Pamela Kerr, long-time advocate for refugees and asylum seekers, about an appalling anti-immigration rally held by Nazis on Saturday. And I'm equally appalled at some of the media coverage that's come out about this in regards to demonising anti-fascist protesters. We'll be speaking with Pamela about this, but also about the political parties and how that, in some ways, has created more division. Next, we will speak with Keith Munro, Aboriginal co-chair, Friends of Mile Creek Committee. Newly appointed title is Director, First Nations Art and Cultures at the Museum of Contemporary Art Australia about the Mile Creek Memorial commemorating the massacre of hundreds of Aboriginal people. This happens every June over the long weekend. The memorial, that is, not the massacre. Although massacres do happen in different ways, um, in a symbolic manner. Now, we will give details about that shortly. After that, we will speak with Cheryl Axelby, co-chair, Change the Record. And she will speak about the government's commitment to consider raising the age to 14 by 2027. And she will, she's going to talk about the fact that it's too little too late and risks exposing an entire generation of children to the quicksand of the criminal legal system. And this particular topic is actually talked about in a media release released by the Human Rights Law Centre. And Arnie Sherrill's quotes appear in that media release. I want to talk to her also about Aboriginal-led design and delivery of culturally responsive diversionary programs to break the intergenerational cycle of incarceration for our younger generations. So we're going to be coming on to speak to Pamela soon, but protesters dressed in black on Saturday, many covering their faces, gathered on the steps of State Parliament on Saturday to demonstrate against, against new immigration laws and were met with anti-fascists. So we'll be speaking with Pamela shortly. Stay tuned. 
Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Fierce, independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep radical voices and issues on the airwaves. The 3CR Radiothon kicks off in June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Call the station on 03 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during business hours. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. We're just about to bring you our first interview with Pamela Kerr, who's a long-time advocate of refugees and asylum seekers and indeed has done a lot of wonderful work um, with the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and she may even have been one of the co-founders. Hello, Pamela. Welcome to the program. Uh, good, good afternoon, Marissa. Good afternoon. Were you one of the co-founders of the... No. No, no? I wasn't. I was number four paid staff. We started off really small... And I yeah. came in as the fourth paid staff member. Lovely, lovely. No, that well, that's almost as good. It's I, just I'm as good. I'm retired now, I, but I worked for the ASRC for 12 years. Wonderful. Now, hate, hate and prejudice hold no place in our community, community, do they? And I'm wondering if you could just speak about some of your views in regards to what happened at the, uh, the Nazi rally and, and give us a bit of background. Marissa, I wasn't there, but no. when I heard about it, I was really shocked. I thought, what is happening to our city, to our state, to our community? I, I just, it really is shocking. This is not who we are. You know, Victoria has always been a more progressive state than the others. And I can say that because I grew up in Queensland, so I know what progressive is um, and is not. But look, what I found really sad is, okay, these people, yes, we're a democracy, we're mixed and everybody's got a right to their, um, uh, you know, freedom, etc. But what are they doing heading off into the city to stir up this toxic hate where it's not wanted? You know, um, the, the worry for me is, you think, oh, yes, this is small, they're a bunch of crazies, you know, they'll eventually go away. But the fact is, you look at America. They started somewhere, and I mean, believe today that the um, American government buildings have got uh, these marches striding around, ranting and raving about migrants and about ink, uh, what is this, uh, blood, not ink, huge people to write the right to be American. I mean, it's the sort of crazy slogans, you know. Um, my worry is that this could get out of hand, but more than that, who is driving these people? Who is filling their heads with this toxic nonsense? Um, it's, it's not just coming out of thin air and people say, oh, yes, it's just social media. Okay, Yes, as I know, there's a lot of vibrant discussion on social media. Vibrant might be a kind word sometimes for some of us. But I listened to Dutton last week. He was desperate to find some means of attacking the Labor Party, you know, I suppose that's his opposition. And all he could dig up was 
more migrants. Migrants mean less houses. They are going to take our houses. They are going to take our jobs. You know, this horrible stuff that yeah. the, um, unfortunately, the Liberal government go on with. It's an absolute dog whistle. It goes down the line, shrieking hate, and then you've got the upsurge of these people dressed in black with their Nazi salutes and all their nonsense. Um, it, it, it really, this is very dangerous politics. And it is a danger in our community. It's toxic. It, um, you know, the, pe- the people who went out against them to protest against them, they find themselves um, in situations of violence that they don't want because these people instill that sort of violence. Um, I think it's important that we stand up and we call it out. It's important that we talk to each other about it. We can't just pretend it's not happening. I mean, it's ugly. And when things are ugly, you kind of want to put your head in the bag and walk away from it. But we can't. This is dangerous. And it has been driven, I believe, by those who wish to subvert power. They're doing it for their own ends. You know, some weeks ago now, we interviewed Nicole Lee from People with Disability Australia about the the anti-transgender rally yeah. um, that happened by Nazis as well. So an injury to one is an injury to all, and it appears that there, that there seems to be some targeted rallies now attacking um, marginalised communities, and that's Nazism, isn't it? Well, you see, uh, that I thought is a very a dangerous aspect of this group. They know that we don't naturally lean towards anti-migrant anti-migration debate. I mean, look at us. We all came from somewhere. I mean, I'm sixth generation. That's about as old as it gets. I mean, we are such a young country. You look at the population statistics. Um, I can't remember exactly, but it's, you know, around half um, were born in another country or parents were born in another country. We are a, a people of diversity. It's a beautiful thing. And then you've got these people, these neo-Nazis coming in and trying to stir up hate. But the way they insidiously do it is they hitch on to other marginal, marginalised groups, as you say, and they hitch and they get in there and try and stir. It's, it is dangerous. It has to be called out. It has to be named. Um, Indeed. Indeed. And, and it appears, too, from some of the coverage that I've seen in, in the media, I couldn't get there, but, but all they talked about was the fact that the anti-fascists were violent and, you know, the, the police were really on, their, on the side of the fascists. Well, you see, we've got um, a mainstream media which uh, is in a bit of shock and horror because a Labor government got into power. Oh, my God! And, you know, their beloved Morrison Dutton clique has gone. And so there are some people in the mainstream media, particularly editors and whatnot, who are really confounded by this. And if they hitch their wagon to the um, sort of anti-migration type uh, neo-Nazis, they're doing, they're doing the nation a disservice. Um, they need to be open and honest about what's going on. I mean, the fact is, it's all based on lies. I mean, they're talking about bringing in um, large... Pamela? I think we've lost Pamela. 
Did you know that 3CR received its community radio licence in 1976? Our application was successful because of our diverse and engaged community membership. Subscribers are at the heart of our station and we really need you to be active and paid up in 2023. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Call 039419 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. back with the Doing Time show. In case you've just tuned in, this is 3CR Community Radio and it's Marissa um, taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. You just heard an interview with Pamela Kerr, who's a long-time advocate of um, refugees and asylum seekers, and we were discussing the anti-immigration rally that was run by neo-Nazis on Saturday, and I want to say to listeners that in the end, the neo-Nazis were outnumbered and uh, the anti-fascists were able to drive them out despite what the media has said. Um, Pamela's interview was cut off due to technical difficulties, and I wanted to to apologise to Pamela about that, and we will bring you some more coverage about that later. At the beginning of the show, I introduced um, Keith Munro, uh, and he's he's, uh, friends of Mile Creek Committee, and he's also got another wonderful new title as well, doing some work um, in the arts with the museum. And I gave a full introduction about that at the beginning. Each year, hundreds of people from across the country gather on the Sunday of the June long weekend to commemorate the unprovoked massacre of at least 28 whereby women, children and old men by a group of stockmen on Mile Creek Station in 1838. And I want to talk to Keith very shortly about this and the memorial that's going to be taking place and we'll talk about the details in case people want to go. Hi, Keith. Welcome to the program. Yeah, I'm Marissa. How are you? It's lovely to have you. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. really appreciate it. That's great. Now, if you can just speak up a little bit, because the, this, the reception with mobile phones is not great, is it? <laughs> no, no I'll, 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 I'll make a point. That's lovely. Thanks for letting me know. Now, Keith, let's start off by you talking about what land you're from. I'm a proud Gomorrah man from northwest New South Wales, southwest Queensland. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, let's talk about Mile Creek. I mean, I spoke to you last year, I believe, about the the memorial coming up as well. Yeah. It's coming around mm. again. And I'm sure mm. there are new listeners tuning in because this show is actually about providing a safe environment for Aboriginal people and non-Aboriginal people to speak about things that concern them. Tell us about yeah. the massacres and the background. Uh, so, yeah, the memorial uh, has been taking place since 2000. Um, uh, our role is to um, uh, gather on the anniversary of the Queen's birthday long weekend um, to remember the um, premeditated but unprovoked massacre of at least 28 um, um, Wirraway uh, women um, children and old men by a group of 12 stockmen um, in the late afternoon of um, the 10th of uh, June, 1838. And, um, yeah, we've been gathering um, uh, since uh, 2000. Uh, every year people travel from uh, 
far and wide, uh, locally, um, you know, people travel from interstate and, and also from overseas to attend the memorial. And um, it's just one of those important um, events that's um, part of you know, our, our calendar and, and process of truth-telling. And it is really important to have truth-telling, isn't it, given that there have been massacres and a lot of that has been has been denied, hasn't it, over the years? Yeah, it has. I mean, um, Mile Creek is unique in the sense that it's the only um, uh, massacre uh, that took place during colonial times where a number of the perpetrators were actually charged and brought to trial. Um, there was an original... Um, trial of 11 of the 12 um, uh, stockmen responsible. Uh, they were all acquitted, uh, and then seven of those 11 were um, later recharged, um, were brought to a second trial where they were later found guilty and were hung. So it's significant in the sense that it was the first and only time in our um, uh, colonial history where um, people were charged and brought to justice and um you know, that truth-telling aspect of our national, you know, um, patchwork um, can be, I suppose, shone a light on and, um, yeah, shared and um, honoured and remembered um, more widely. Absolutely. And I know that this is a really, really confronting topic to talk about and it's, and it's really distressing, isn't it, Keith, to talk about things like this. I've spoken to many elders from all over the country, really, about the massacres, and in fact, I spoke to Professor, Professor Lindell. You would be aware of her, of course. Yeah, Lindell Ryan. Lindell, Lindell's an incredible um, uh, champion of, um, of, I suppose, leaning a bit more into the the research of um, our yeah. massacre story. Um, Lindell was a guest speaker of the memorial um, a couple of years ago. Um, she's undertaken a, a, a research project with the University of Newcastle um, that um, encourages communities, um, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal, to contribute to the documented uh, research that they've been, um, uh, yeah, I, I suppose, uh, 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 tracking uh, around, um, you know, um, dates of massacres and locations of massacres, um, uh, you know the intergenerational trauma is it is a real thing, um, Chris. I, I can I can um, you know, state that from the perspective of a direct descendant of the the victims and survivors of of this particular massacre, um, and it, it's it's a it's a pretty confronting story. I mean, Mile Creek is unique in that sense, but the, the massacre story is pretty confronting and. I think most most countries, um, you know, most mature countries are able to, um, yeah, you know, I think deal with that the darker parts of their history as well as the the, the lighter parts there and of their history, and you know, become, um, yeah, I think a more mature nation by acknowledging um, the good with the bad. Um, we, we see that in, you know. Um, Germany, for example, that's probably the best example I could think of from my head. Where um, you know there are so many incredible spaces there that acknowledge the the absolutely horrendous history of 
um, World War Two and its treatment um, of that's um, right. you know, the Jewish people. And um, they've taken a, a really methodical approach in telling that history um, and some of the challenging parts of, of, of other, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, impactful histories that have taken place within in their country. And I think, um, you know, as a country, um, I think they are definitely... Um, a leading um, example of you know what is possible once um, you're able to to face that. Um, Absolutely, uh, Keith. And you're a descendant, aren't you, of people that have were massacred at Mile Creek? Yeah, of of both the victims and survivors. So it's um yeah, it's a pretty special event that um, I'm lucky enough to be a part of every year. Can you talk about um, who the speaker is and just describe where the memorial is going to be held and What's going to happen, just in case people want to go? Uh, yeah, so uh, the, there's a whole um, number of events that take place leading up to the memorial itself. Um, every year we invite a, a guest speaker, um, uh, and, it, it, and it changes every year. So last year um, we had an Aboriginal guest speaker. The year, this year will be a non-Aboriginal guest speaker, and then it rotates um Every year, sure. and that's to provide you know both um, sides of that that history when it comes to our sort of collective um, you know nation building of uh, truth telling. Um, but uh, the, the guest speaker this year is Richard uh, Trunton. Um, uh, on uh, on Friday we have a, a, a really amazing um, uh, event that. Um, will be taking place in Armidale on Friday the 9th of June. Um, uh, he'll be um, in conversations with Professor Joe Fraser, uh, Dr Brooke Kennedy, um, Janelle Speed and Adam, Adam Blankstar. Um, on Saturday the 10th, we have a community concert in Bingra. Um, there's also um, uh, an event at the Ceramic Break um, uh, art exhibition um, that will include uh, um, the opening of an exhibition by, by local artists and um, and guest speaker Richard Trudgeon will also be participating in that. And that, that's at the Ceramic Bake Sculpture Park um, on the Bingara to Warrialda Road. Um, and then we have a community um, concert um, in a Bingara uh, on that, uh, that afternoon and then the Sunday um the 11th, um, we have the actual memorial that'll take place at nine o'clock. And where's um, that going to be? That'll be at the actual memorial site on um, um, uh, Is it Whitlow the, Road. Beringa Delunga Road near yes. B U A R A. No, B I N G A R A, isn't it? Bingra, yes. Bingra, Bingra that's it. Yeah. Which was so the, memo- the, the memorial is about twenty kilometres from Bingra. Perfect. Um, What's the website there, Keith? In case people want to have a look, uh, you, you can go to www.milecreek.org. Uh, uh, That's it. And there's a whole heap of information up on the website about um, about the the program taking place over that weekend. Um, Absolutely. No, this is fantastic that you come on, Keith. Don't worry if you haven't given us all the details because people can just look that up on the website or they can contact 
3CR 94198377, Care of the Doing yeah. Time Show. But it, it, jump on the website and there's plenty of information about that, where to go. Mm. Um, and I think what's important here is that this is about the survivors and also um, descendants of the, of the actual, dare I use this word, perpetrators as well that come together, isn't it, to, to hear? Yeah, it is. It is. It's unique in that sense. So um, every year we, we have um, uh, you know, uh, descendants of, of both the victims and, and perpetrators that um, attend. Um, and it, it's it's an opportunity for us all to heal, um, Marissa, at the end of the day, and acknowledge the the um, the history that, that took place on the slopes of uh, Mile Creek in 1838 and remember um, the wrongs that had been done and, um, and you know, again, be part of a, a bigger conversation around truth-telling of our national, our national story. Indeed. And, and I think that the Morrill Creek Memorial itself, like the land that it's actually on, you know, that, that road that we were talking about near Baringa, Bringara, that was erected in June 2000, wasn't it, by a group of Aboriginal and non-Indigenous people working together. And that, that massacre site and memorial were included on the National Heritage Register. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So it, it's on the New South Wales State Heritage Register as well as the National Heritage Register. So um, the memorial as well as the, the massacre site are both um, uh, heritage listed. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, I think that's unique in many ways. But um, um, you know, it was brought together by a whole heap of volunteers. Um, the history of Mile Creek and the sort of the the willingness for local people to be able to come together and, and remember um, what had taken place there. Um, in 1838 has been something that has driven a number of people even before the memorial committee was established. Um, and, yeah, we are just very grateful, um, especially as a committee, to be able to you know, walk in their, their footsteps. We've, we have lost a lot of um, elders, particularly over the last four or five years, and um, and we, you know, we also remember, you know, the and honour their memories every year as well. And, you know, um, yeah, I, I suppose continue to, to build on on the work that they've, they've started, you know, in 2000 and, and before that. Perfect. Keith, thank you so much for coming onto the program. We're going to be interviewing Cheryl, who's a First Nations woman from Change the Record, very soon in regards to what's happening to our young people, Aboriginal people that are being incarcerated um, in Victoria in particular. Mm. Um, but yeah, do come along, listeners, to the memorial if you can. Or you know, um, I'm not sure if there's an online Zoom link that they can get a hold of if they can't make it. The, I think that for the Armadale event, um, Marissa, with um, with the um, event at UNE University of New England, I think there is a link that you can go to um, to to participate in that um, program. But yeah, there'll be. Hopefully other opportunities if your listeners aren't able to attend um, for them at, at some point to be able to travel up and, 
That's and, great. Um, and see the site and visit the site. Um, we do get a lot of um, a lot of visits outside of the Memorial Weekend that do travel up and you know on their way through to Warrialda or Bingara or you know across that part of the country they they do pop in. We we do get several hundred a week actually that do do that. So. Fantastic. And, you know, at some stage I'd like you to get you back on to, to hear about some of the work that you've been doing in the arts area. But in the meantime, um, how wonderful that the memorial is happening again and it'll be great also to listen to the speaker, Mr Richard Trungeon, I think it is. Trungeon, um, yeah, yeah. Who's done a lot of work with Arnhem Land. Yeah. Keith, thank yeah. you so much for coming onto the program. Are there any final comments you wanted to make before we finish? Just that you know, Rich is going to be in a really incredible speak this year. He's he's worked in uh, community development and education for nearly fifty years. Um, the majority of that has been spent working with the younger people from northeast Arnhem Land. Um, he speaks Jumpapoyingu, and you know he's authored a, a book, Why Warriors Lie Down and Die. Uh, he built Yongu Radio and. You know, is he very passionate about the Yongu Mata language, especially up at um, uh, the university sector up in Darwin, and um, and he is going to be an amazing speaker this year. So um, I just wanted to thank you, Marissa, for your support, your ongoing support of um, our memorial event, and yeah, look forward to speaking with you again soon. Lovely. Thanks so much. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Um, actually, just one more question. Just in regards to the the Mile Creek Memorial, how many like when did the massacre um, occur again? Can we just clarify that quickly? Eighteen thirty eight. Eighteen thirty eight, and and of course you know there was, that's right. We were talking about the map as well. We'll talk about that yeah. later in more detail. Thank you so much, Keith, and we'll, we'll connect very soon. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Three CR Community Radio giving the voice to the community since 1976. So it's up to us, the people. We need a treaty in this country. We need the end to the war in this country. And the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty. Not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory, because they talk treaty and still lock our people up. They still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. And a treaty means justice. Thank you. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au. Time Show, and we, you just heard an interview with Keith Munro from Friends of Mile Creek Committee, and he's got a number of other really amazing titles, and he's um, First Nations talking about the massacre 
of uh, hundreds of Aboriginal people in Mile Creek and spoke about the upcoming memorial. See if you can get to that. So coming up next is Cheryl from Change the Record. And Auntie Cheryl, I'm really happy to have her. It's lovely to have her. And we're going to be talking about supporting Aboriginal-led design and delivery of culturally responsive diversionary programs to break the intergenerational cycle of incarceration for our younger generations. And basically talking about the disappointing announcement from from the Victorian government and other governments about the lack of raising the age. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome. G'day, how are you going there? It's lovely to have you. Now, Cheryl, um, it's uh, it's what what is going on exactly with raising the age of, of criminal responsibility? It's, it seems to be going nowhere. Well, yeah, spot on there. Like we're disappointed, I suppose. You know, we're coming. Well, I think it has been now, probably four years since um, all the Attorney Generals were coming together to have a yarn and to review and look at what could be put in place for them to consider raising the age in each state and territory. Um, But we've, you know, we've seen Northern Territory commit to raising the age to 12 um, and not go to the full age of 14. And we've recently seen ACT, um, you know, who were the first to commit to raising the age to 14, who's saying that they go to only 12 and consider raising the age to 14 in a couple of years, and then they've got some caveats. I think it's got four um, sort of distinct areas where they'll have caveats to where children can still be charged. That sounds a bit a bit inconsistent. Well, it is inconsistent, and, you know, what we've known for at least the last probably three years of the four um, is that um, there's not really anyone being brave enough to, you know, make the decision um, to create better opportunities for our, you know, future generations um, and to stop the impact of trauma of criminalisation on young people in the system um, and, you know, uh, and also to break the intergenerational cycle of incarceration for our, you know, our Aboriginal trials for under children. Yeah. I, I mean, the Andrews government announced its intention to raise the age of criminal responsibility to only 12. What about other governments? Have they followed in these footsteps or not? Well, I think it's been clear from all the meetings of the Attorney-Generals around Australia that they were all agreeing to only you know, take the opportunity to move it to uh, raise the age to 12 within their jurisdictions so they have some consistency. Um, but, you know, the United Nations um, uh, in Charter Rights of the Child, um, you know, highly recommends raising the age to 14 and, you know, internationally other countries have done it and they've been successful in actually having a therapeutic response to children rather than having criminalised responses. Um, and, you know, and also the other thing about the ATT um, legislation was that they can utilise aspects of, you know, the Mental Health Act um, to detain children, which, again, is just another punitive approach rather than actually having, you know, the necessary therapeutic approach that we need for our kids. The Human Rights Law Centre actually put out a media release speaking about all these issues and particularly pertaining to Victoria, but I wanted to interview you because Change the Record has actually done a lot of extensive work about this as well. Yes. Um, but I don't know whether you've... You, you probably would have been aware that there's been a, a Uruk Justice Commission um, yes. in Victoria, and I'm, I'm, in, yes. I'm hoping to interview somebody about that later mm-hmm. on, but... The Justice Commission recommended immediately raising the age to 14, but as you said, the Andrews government 
is upholding laws that will keep First Nation kids overrepresented in the criminal legal system. You know, this is the challenge. You know, why do governments commit to having First Nations voices shaping and telling them what it is that we need within our community um, and also how we align ourselves in regards to human rights, um, you know, legislation? Um, you know, only to, again, defy the advice and, you know, knowledge and wisdom that's given to then say we're only going to raise it to 12. You know, it's a bit of a slap in the face. Um, and this is the challenge that we always have when it comes to black people's businesses, um, you know, in the context about particularly uh, criminalisation of our people. You know, we are the most imprisoned race on this earth. If not, I reckon we are in my, in my context. We have a high level of deaths in custody where no one's been held accountable. You know, like, what is it going to take for this country to be really serious about looking at the institutionalised racism and the way that our mob are driven, driven back time and time again into the system? The system is... Fellows tell me, I say the system's broken, fellows remind me. No, the system is doing exactly what it's designed to do. Now, if we're going to have a punitive approach and we're going to continue the way that we're going and we're seeing how these young fellows are, you know, uh, becoming more angry because of the way that they're brought into the system and they come out traumatised and actually a lot more, um, you know, a lot more anger about the system. Well, what does that tell us? You know, it tells us that the system and the way that the governments continue to do things is not working and they've got to get off their critical high horse and stop telling the community that throwing collars in jail is the only way that it's going to work because what we're seeing is, you know, high recidivism rates where fellows are actually becoming institutionalised and cannot survive out in society. Now, do we want do we want to have a better society or do we want to have a, a society, you know, where fellows who go through the system come out broken people, which actually costs the taxpayers a lot more money at the end of the day? I mean, I think a lot of the time there, there are not enough strong linkages or links in media to talk about the history of what's happened in this country and right. looking at how it's been affected today. I mean, it goes back to missions, doesn't it? It goes back to the the incarceration of slave and slavery yeah. of Aboriginal people and, and children yeah. as well. I just recently did a May Day broadcast on stolen wages, and this is all connected. It is all connected, and, you know, this is the challenge that we have. Um, you know, it's happened since time, you know, of, you know, invasion, um, colonisation, whatever you want to call it, you know, in this context. And, you know, our, our mob have had violence subjected to them. Our mob were locked up because, you know, we're not able to hunt and gather on our own country and our own land. Um, so we became criminalised because of this system and because of, you know, the um, the people that came to this country thinking that they had more of a right than, you know, to our land and our food um, than we had. So criminalisation and violence has been attributed to our communities since time began. And I think it's about time that, you know, we try and get Australians... And there are a lot of, you know, Australians out there in support who know the story and who want to know more about the story, mm. which is why I think the voice and truth-telling, you know, in the future is going to be really important. What about our future generations? When we can do something right now, we can, we can stop the intergenerational incarceration of our youngest generation in this country. Um, you know, why is there a lack of commitment to do that? And 
it's a real serious question that a lot of Australians need to ask themselves because the focus on the criminalisation um, is not is not the answer. We need as you know, as parents, you know, young fellows, it's well known medical evidence that ten to fourteen year olds do not have the brain capacity to be able to determine the outcome of the decision making. So why are we punishing fellows like that? Why are we not trying to work with them to teach them and show them that vision and what a better you know um, opportunity that they have going forward in their lives? Absolutely. Uh, the thing that's interesting too, and which mm. I find quite appalling as a as a radio broadcast, I don't know, in this mm. media release that I'm looking at from the Human Rights Law Centre, mm. it actually says that the government is happy to commit to raising the age to 14 or mm. consider it by 2027. Mm. I mean, what, <laughs> what's with that? <laughs> you know? Well... Look at the data and the statistics, you know. What is actually causing for us to have such high incarceration rates of our 10 to 40-year-olds in the system? They make up around about 60, I think it is, percent um, of kids locked up in that age group. You know, that's appalling. We have so many of our young fellows being removed from families. We have the highest child removal rates ever than we've ever had before. And, you know, we have, you know, women who are experiencing family violence, you know, too scared, to go and tell their story for fear of having their kids removed. Like we're, we're living how we were with missions and also decades ago at the time of the stolen children generation because there's all these punitive responses rather than having loving, caring, community supports and healing um, and therapeutic report, uh, supports um, rather than actually punishing fellows for a situation that they found themselves in. Exactly, and you know, really, also looking about at the fact that children need to be finishing high school and primary school, yeah. and yeah. being on country rather than being in prison. That's right, and you know, a lot of followers that are on remand um, don't have access to any programs whilst they're in um, in lock up. Um, you know, and education in some institutions, you know, like the flow on of education when followers get out of that. At a lockup, you know, back into community, there's no connectedness there. Um, you know, when we look at kids being disengaged from schools, you know, we know from, um, you know, looking at some of the programs like, you know, the um, Justice Reinvestment Program, like in Burke in particular, I remember that they identified that there was a high rate of kids being um, uh, expelled from school, you know. So what did they do? They actually had a yarn with the school and actually agreed that there'll be no more children expelled, but there would be therapeutic supports and responses provided uh, as a way to turn that around um, and making it everybody's business to try and keep young fellows engaged in education. Absolutely. And Cheryl, just to put things in context, can, and I should have asked you this at the beginning, but I do want to just ask you what land you're from, just so that listeners know. Yes. Yeah, I'm Ranga woman from South Australia. I'm of um, other people of the York Peninsula. And, uh, yeah, proud Narunga woman um, and also been involved working justice system since I was 17 years of age when I first started working in the Aboriginal Legal Service here at that age. Um, and I've worked, you know, in youth justice and child protection. So I know the systems. I've, I've experienced them. I've seen them. And I honestly say that um, there is opportunities for us to unpack that system um, so that we can actually provide better therapeutic and community-run support and programs within our own communities because we know what the needs are for our kids 
um, some of these KPIs and you know these outcomes that are set by governments, they don't meet the needs of localised community needs. And this is where we've got to get back to. Cheryl, thank you so much for coming onto the program. I always feel comfortable talking to you because you always give some really, really useful things to talk about. And we have to also understand that the settler state mm. and colonisation are still very alive and well. Absolutely it is. And, you know, the reason that our kids are coming into the system, in comparison to non-Aboriginal kids, still demonstrates that our kids are more likely to be arrested than to be given a diversionary option. And, you know, that in itself says a lot. And I don't care, no matter how training will, um, and development will stop that um, because racial profiling is something that is impacting a lot of our communities right around Australia. Um, and, you know, this is why raising the age, to me, is the answer because we actually take it out of that context and then we actually unpack what's actually going on in that young fellow's lives um, and their family's lives um, and find a way to actually build in support to actually make them stronger as family and as young fellows of the future. Absolutely. And change the record in case, you know, new people have just tuned in. Can you just tell yeah. us a little bit about Change the, rec the Record? It's a coalition of organisations, isn't it? And you're the co-chair? Yeah, yeah, so myself um, and Antoinette Braybrook, um, we're the national co-chairs. Um, we've both been co-chairs probably for in about six, seven years of Change the Record. It's the only national Aboriginal-led justice coalition. Um, and we have a number of like, legal, human rights um, and like faith-based, like, um, you know, like ANTAR and all those sort of other bodies, human, um, human rights law um, commission. Uh, our members as well, um, where we are trying to bring awareness to general Australia, the facts around incarceration, to reduce them, and also to reduce family violence. Um, and, you know, we've also got a blueprint for change, and, you know, followers want to look us up, um, changerecord.org.au. Um, please feel free to have a look at the work we do, um, and please feel free to, um, you know, show your support for the work that we do. Thank you so much, Cheryl, and I believe you've got a plane to catch now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm just about ready. <laughs> Have a lovely night. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks, Enda. See you, bye. See you soon. Bye. Hi, we're the Marindas, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. I got a message for you. You got a message for me. My day will come together. Every Wednesday at 11am, join me, Bunzolini, at the fire in Community Radio 3CR. Three hours of historically informed, critical analysis of Aboriginal affairs and the ongoing political movement for land rights, treaty, sovereignty and the cessation of genocide. Featuring the best of black music... Bundles Fire, 11am to 2pm, every Wednesday on Community Radio 3CR. When the night 
And my bad dreams won't let me Get to sleep at all The whole night through When the darkness surrounds me And all my demons just hound me I, that's when I call and reach for you. You have always seen me through with all the times I've cried. I don't know what I would do. When I'm sitting lonely And it seems like you're the only Friend I found At least One is true When they all desert me And anybody tries to hurt me Oh, I turn around And reach for you Sometimes I don't feel so strong Well, even when I try to be Everything but turn Upside down If you weren't here with me Could you fill my heart with gladness And don't criticize my madness But when I'm naked Cold and blue Cause you hold me till the morning And slowly it comes dawning That is sacred When I reach for you On May 20, new anti-protest laws will come into effect in Victoria targeting forest protectors. Sign up to be part of a mass survey action to protect and restore forests and defend the right to protest. Surveying is the act of looking for threatened species in an area slated to be logged in order to trigger protections. All forest protectors, whether at protest camps or citizen scientists, are targeted with these new anti-democratic laws. To sign up, go to geco.org.au. Be a part of this epic survey action on Saturday the 20th of May so that we can protect and restore the critical forest ecosystems that we all depend on and defend the right to protest in the process. 
Goongra Environment Centre is a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. We've only got a couple of minutes left and thank you to all our people that were interviewed today. And also it's Radiothon time coming up, a special time at the station when we all come together to raise the much-needed funds to keep our station on air for another year. And our target for the Doing Time Show is $850 and our Radiothon show is the 12th of June. So... Yeah, it would be great if um, you could start donating now. It is tax deductible. And we'll see how we go. We, your, um, our Radiothon show is going to be really special this year because we're going to be showcasing some of our um, wonderful work that has happened over the year and our great people that have contributed and supported us throughout the year. It's approximately 4.55. Thank you once again to Arnie Cheryl and Uncle Keith for coming onto the show and also to Pamela Kerr as well and stay tuned every monday from four to five for the doing time show and we'll be going out now with our theme song black fella white fella of the rumpy band and it's goodbye from marissa stay tu- stay stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned stay radical and take care of each other bye You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.